Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here, along with Judd Zolgad, who is fresh off vacation and ready to talk about more Vikings quarterbacks. Aren't you, Judd? I never, ever tire about talking about the quarterback situation for a 13-3 and team that has no idea who's going to be under center on opening day. Yeah, it's fascinating to me, and sometimes when I get notes about talking too much about the quarterback situation, I think, Man, you're kind of asking like a political reporter to not talk about the president here. This is uh, going to be a franchise. And God forbid that ever happens. Yeah, oh, yeah right. Uh, okay, so maybe bad comparison. Maybe we do need to stop uh, a little bit at times. But uh, just the point being that this is a franchise-altering decision, and the trajectory of this team can be shaped by who's going to be playing quarterback. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that has been frustrating is getting no movement on the issue since Alex Smith was traded and we're just sitting in neutral. But now, Judd, the window is open for the Minnesota Vikings to potentially franchise tag Case Keenum. Do you think they will? No, I do not. I've thought about this quite a bit, and it certainly was a a scenario that I could foresee. Um, but here's, here's why I think they won't. I think the franchise tag him, there would have to be a good chance that he would start next year or at least start the season as the guy there. And I'm going to go back to what we've talked about a thousand times and and the obvious tell from the head coach. I think the head coach remains unenthralled with Keenum as his quarterback. And if anything, the playoffs justified that. So so I would, if you were going to franchise tag him, which I think would mean the approximate salary, although it hasn't come out yet, would be around $23 million. The assumption would have to be that Mike Zimmer still really likes him. And I don't believe that for one second. So I believe that Case Keenum is going to hit the market on, I think the date is March 14th. I believe there's a very good chance he won't be a Viking. And I think that this largely comes from the fact that the head coach is not sold and never was, this is very important, never was sold as much as the fan base was on Case being his quarterback. There is a good argument for franchise tagging him, which is if you want to bring back Teddy Bridgewater, you must be sure 100% that your number two quarterback or the, just the other guy that's going to battle it out in camp with him 
is also good and could also potentially lead you deep into the playoffs. And with Case Keenum, even if you're paying him too much, if he loses the job in camp, even if you're paying him way too much to be a backup quarterback, he is pretty darn good insurance that if Teddy Bridgewater's knee does not respond, then you have a very good quarterback to go back to. Uh, the, the one issue that I have there, though, is if it was a video game or stratomatic football and these weren't real people and real players with dreams and hopes and agents and people around them in their lives, it would be very easy to say, good, on Madden 18, I have two good quarterbacks. But bringing Keenum back, I just think that he would be extremely frustrated if he lost the job out of camp because he would feel like, Mike Zimmer always wanted Teddy Bridgewater to be the starting quarterback, and he never had a shot, and why did you guys bring me back anyway? And he would look at it as his future opportunities going down the drain by losing that job because if you think about his value right now, it'll never be higher than it was right now coming off of the very good season. So if you're Keenum, I think you're going to be very unhappy to be in that position if the Vikings franchise tag you. Yeah, and I just don't think, I mean, I you know, pe- people thought th- throughout the course of the season that we were probably making too much of how Zim felt about Keenum, but there were too many telltale signs, and that playoff run hurt hurt that. I mean, if Zimmer was basically saying, okay, I'm going to start you through the playoffs, now show me, guess what? No matter how bad the defense played, and the Vikings played as a whole in that last game, uh, I think in Zimmer's mind, he was not shocked that the quarterback play was not great in that game. And the quarterback play, Collar was certainly not great in the second half against the Saints. So I, my opinion is this. Keenum's um, fate as a Viking was sealed by those six quarters, which basically told Zimmer that he was on the right course to be trying to find a different quarterback. Judd, eight quarters. Well. What, 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 ga- what game are you watching? I'm saying the football entire the entire Eagles game four quarters, and then the, first, and then the second. Two, I thought there were, I thought there were two quarters of the Saints <laughs> game in which you didn't play well. Judd, I am messing with you. I know what you meant. I was just. Oh, I thought you were serious. No, no, no. You mean the second half of the Saints game and the Eagles yes, game? Yes, the I'm second just... six quarters of football in which he in which I think I think in Zimmer's mind he looked at those quarters and said, "This is I'm not shocked." No, no, no. I I. I and so, yes, I think that his fate was sealed at that point. And if there was one of the two games that was going to drive him more crazy, it'd be the Saints game. Because even though they end up with the Minneapolis Miracle, it was 17 nothing. It was 17-7 to when he throws the interception to let him back in the game. Yep. That is where Mike Zimmer would be driven the most crazy. Because you could also say that being up 7 nothing and throwing the pick six was Mike Zimmer's nightmare and just his biggest possible fear with Case Keenum and something that he always saw as a potential issue with Keenum. And and I think that that last impression matters. I think first impression matters, and I think last impression matters too uh, when you're talking about an issue like this because the last time he saw Teddy Bridgewater in a real game, Bridgewater was leading a game-winning drive against Seattle, and the last time he saw Case Keenum, he was throwing a pick-six against the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's what it all comes down to because we, I get tweets and I get emails and things like that about hating, hated. hating Case Keenum. And I think that having Keenum and Bridgewater back is the best possible scenario here. 
much better than guaranteeing fully guaranteeing a Kirk Cousins contract. And I, and I think that considering the situation he was put in uh, to have to come off the bench in Chicago and win a game like that and to have his head coach not buying into him, uh, Case Keenum showed uh, exceptional character last season and did a really good job. There's no debating that he had a great season. It's just when we look at this and try to project what's going to happen, it's hard to ignore how the head coach is going to look at it because this final decision, I think, comes down to Mike Zimmer. He's they yes. are, they oh, are, yeah. right. No they, they are all going to give their input. John D. Filippo, the front office, everybody else. The head coach is the guy on this team, I believe, that will make the decision about the quarterback position. So uh, there's another option here, though, Judd. The transition tag is a possibility here. Are you familiar with the transition tag? I am very familiar. If I'm not mistaken, the transition tag is what the Seattle Seahawks back in 2006 attempted to put on Steve Hutchinson before the Vikings made the most of that opportunity and signed Hutch to the poison pill contract. The transition tag has a rich history in this town. Correct. Well, there is no more poison pills. They got rid of those, I think, a couple, couple of years after. They said, okay, all right, no more saying if the guy plays games in the state of Washington that he uh, ends up having to make $19 million or something. That just doesn't make any sense. All uh, contract yeah. comes guaranteed. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. That was, the, that was the poison pill. Yes. So no more poison pills. But the Vikings could do the transition tag with Case Keenum and save a little bit of money, not a ton, but a little bit of money on the salary cap, and then have it out there that any team who offered him a contract, the Vikings would have the opportunity to match. And this is almost a perfect scenario for them, Judd, because – they could have him back potentially at a more reasonable price than the franchise tag. And if someone else, let's say Arizona, swings in and says, $100 million over five years for Case Keenum, then the Vikings can say, enjoy your Case Keenum. There was nothing we could do about it, everyone. Sorry. Right? I mean, it seems like yes. that's a very realistic possibility. Yep. Yeah, I think that that's going to be. And so you, you bring up uh, the Cousins scenario, too, which I find to be very intriguing but if the report is true and the new york jets are going to give him a a contract worth approximately 100 million dollars and fully guarantee that contract i think he's gone there i think he goes to, uh, to the jets so this all this all to me becomes a very interesting storyline that does have the vikings signing and, and or trading most likely signing a quarterback but also has teddy bridgewater returning to minnesota yep uh, so um Peter King, Judd, who always knows more than he says, right, uh, people, yeah. has given his opinion, and he was in Minnesota toward the end of the year a couple of times, has given his opinion on where all the quarterbacks will end up landing. So I'm going to go through the list for you, and you can tell me what you think one by one, all right? Got it. Uh, Peter King believes, and these are his guesses, but his educated guesses, that the Denver Broncos will sign Kirk Cousins. Your thoughts? Um, the Denver Broncos would need to clear out a ton of cap space to get even close to a team like the Browns or the Jets. I think Cousins might draw the line at Cleveland. Um, but if we're talking about a difference in the offer, let's say of 25 to $30 million guaranteed, I think there is no question that Cousins takes the extra cash. And so I think that while Denver is going to get a quarterback, Kirk Cousins becomes a very tough one to sign. And Kirk would have to, uh, to basically say, I am playing to solely win and not for the cash. 
I don't think he goes to the Broncos. I think that the Broncos are still toward the top of the list if there are comparable offers. If the Jets go bananas, then you can't blame him for saying, no, no sorry, I want to go play for the Jets for $100 million guaranteed. Sorry, guys. Um, but Denver is right up there with the Minnesota Vikings for a team that still has a very good defense and some weapons around them in, in a solid organization that you could expect to be in that conversation every single year in the playoffs as long as you have good quarterback play. They were still a good defense last year, and Vaughn Miller is still in his prime. Uh, but clearing out the cap space, I never quite know what to think of that because I think that if a team really wants a move to happen, they will just make it happen. And one of the ways would be to try and work the deal so his first-year cap hit was not very much, and then his cap hit went completely bananas later. So you're basically just pushing the ball down the road and saying, we'll deal with that next year and deal with that next year. And we see teams do this all the time where they basically never have to deal with someone's contract because they just keep reworking it uh, or giving them an extension or whatever it might be until they just retire. Um, so I think it's still a possibility that they could afford Kirk Cousins and finagle the cap to do so. Uh, I would put them in my top three or, or four places, but it did surprise me that he had Cousins going to the Broncos instead of the Jets or the Vikings. Arizona Cardinals, he has A.J. McCarron. This one would really surprise me if someone bought into A.J. McCarron as a starting quarterback. Oh, the t- teams, though, are so weird about guys like, like this because they'll have thought to themselves, well, we, we scouted him on film and we liked him from blah, blah, blah. Um, if he says A.J. McCarron to, to the Cardinals, he clearly has heard some things. Um, now, I've assumed that there's a good possibility that Case could end up there, but perhaps Case goes to the Broncos instead. A.J. McCarron to the Cardinals actually sounds plausible. A.J. McCarron is the type of guy who three years from now will either be saying, how did he get buried behind Dalton in Cincinnati for so long and he's really good, or is he in the XFL now? Yeah, um, yeah. But, but I, I will say this. I would not be shocked if the Cardinals got a little bit too creative, perhaps, and actually made that move. Uh, McCarron was a fourth-round pick who played three regular season games and one playoff game with a great Cincinnati team in 2015 and was okay. He was not by any means spectacular. It wasn't like Jimmy Garoppolo, who every time he got in for the Patriots, for the most part, showed some spectacular skills. Uh, it was more of McCarron game-managing their way to two wins at the end of the 2015 season. He's a guy that I think the Vikings would be interested in if he was the battle-it-out-with-Teddy-in-camp guy. If Case Keenum got $100 million from the Cardinals and you said, okay, we're going to sign you, McCarron, and you're going to fight it out with Teddy for a spot, then he becomes much more interesting. The Cleveland Browns, Peter King is suggesting Sam Darnold and Sam Bradford. Judd. Whoo! Um, <laughs> wow, that's a lot to sw- that, that, That's a lot to, to take in. So is he is he suggesting that Bradford would be the starter at the beginning of the 2018 season, and then and then uh, Darnold would eventually move in, or does he have a scenario for this, or just the two names? I th- he just has. Well, he wrote it out, and I think that that is his scenario. Um, I think Sam Bradford is playing the role of Mike Glennon here. You know what? I don't hate it. No, me either. Here, here's my question. Um, McCarron is certainly a risk, but it's not, not because he, he's been hurt. It's because of the unknown. Bradford, to me, is is a tough one because 
he's he's got a chronically bad knee now, and everybody knows that. So this actually makes some sense that the Browns might overpay a bit for Bradford, draft Darnold, have Bradford uh, start the season so D- Darnold could learn behind him. I like this one. I think it's very positive. I think yeah. that Bradford oh. is a one-year, $15 million quarterback or two years, something with a team option to bring in and play. And if he's really, really good, maybe the Browns would keep him around. Uh, but even then, he's into his 30s now. Maybe they, it's a one-year fix, and he makes them competitive. Uh, I, I don't think that the Browns necessarily have to be a truck fire for the rest of their existence, that they have stacked up. They do. They have stacked up so much, so much cap room, so many first-round picks, all those things, that eventually it has to click. And one of the big issues that they have is an inept owner who just makes changes constantly if he doesn't like the way something is going right away and then misses on draft picks and and never really drafting a quarterback at the very top. I mean, since uh, they drafted Tim Couch, they've gone with guys like Brandon Whedon or Brady Quinn or Deshaun Kaiser who were later down either in the first or second round, and that's not the way to get a top quarterback. So actually drafting that quarterback at the top in Sam Darnold uh, and bringing in a veteran would give them a chance to compete, and then if they didn't, they could turn it over to Darnold. I will say, Judd, I really like some things about Sam Darnold's game. But there are some other things that really concern me, like the number of interceptions that he had. And I ran into this stat today, Judd, because Uh this is a Lamar Jackson podcast. For for the rest of the offseason, this is a Lamar Jackson fan podcast because I've been watching a lot of his films. He's a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Phil Foley told me. I know. Uh, I know. So I've been watching a lot of his games and I have been looking at his numbers from pro football focus and things like that. Really intriguing number came across that he had 34 passes dropped this year by his wide receivers. And if you adjust completion percentage for the dropped passes, he's actually quite a bit better than Sam Darnold for his completion percentage and right on par with Josh Rosen. I thought, I thought was, was very interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So let me move on to the jets. Peter Peter King does not think they are the top Kirk Cousins landing spot. He thinks that Baker Mayfield and Josh McCown will be the Jets quarterbacks. Hmm. The fact that they're going to have so much money, their location, and and, uh, Woody Johnson, the owners, desired to probably try and turn things around and compete in that market, I am going to say that they are going to sign Cousins. I'm going to say no. I, I get what I get where King's going, and it does make some sense. Um, all of that being said, that's a weird franchise itself. I am going to stick with what I said, though, and go with they're going to go for, for the immediate splash. And don't forget, the Jets purposely tried to be bad, and they couldn't accomplish that. <laughs> yeah. The Giants were worse than the Jets, yeah. and the Giants were supposedly trying to win. So I'm going to say that the Jets are going to say, bleep it we've got the cash and the cap room to spend and that they're going to do it and that they will not uh draft a quarterback that they'll actually draft for a different position of need which is just fine to do and that they will sign kirk cousins to a ridiculous contract and blow everybody else out of the water josh mccown is one to watch for the minnesota vikings because he has worked with john d filippo in two different places and the more that i understand about josh mccown the more i find that he is really respected in the nfl and his 
two out of his last three turns for getting a starting job have gone pretty well, including last year where he was kind of their Case Keenum, and if they had had the number one defense in the NFL with the Jets, Josh McCown would have led that team to a playoff spot. He actually had a real good season as a starting quarterback there, and it would make sense if you were bringing Teddy Bridgewater back or I'll even include Sam Bradford in this as a possibility. Uh, I think it's less of one that the Vikings do that. But if they were bringing back a guy with knee issues and wanted to have a proven veteran backup, if they're not keeping Keenum, then I think that McCown is a great option for that, for how he's played late into his career. Baker, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield in New York. Oh, man. I mean, that is just asking for trouble, but also asking it to be great. For the headlines and everything else, for the coverage, it would be very fun to have him because he's a guy that kind of can't help himself when it comes to talking or tweeting or he's gotten in trouble a couple of times or he's grabbed his uh, midsection. Yeah, it could be a a disaster. Yeah, it could be a disaster or it could be be the next Joe Namath. His numbers are way better than everyone else's for college, which doesn't always mean everything. But it makes him the most intriguing player in the draft by far that there are things about his character to worry about. And also his numbers are incredible. And it turns out that he's not as short as some people thought. I think his official height was like 6'1". For the Giants, I really have no opinion on this one. Peter King thinks that Josh Allen will be their quarterback. And I assume he means along with Eli Manning for one more year. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I don't see Josh Allen as being a great NFL quarterback. I think he's a lot like maybe a poor man's Jamarcus Russell um, or the next, who was the guy, Kyle Bowler, a guy who has just a a monster arm that everyone is absolutely in love with as a prospect. But when it comes to being a consistent, Ryan Leaf, maybe a consistent NFL player that not a good path you're going down here. No, it's not. But he's just, he has all this. He might be a great quarterback because you never know. He's got all the red flags of having a, a very low completion percentage. Didn't really put up great numbers at all at Wyoming, which is, uh, come on. I mean, if you're going to play for Wyoming, you should be just slaughtering everyone, right? Um, mm-hmm. It would be like drafting a guy in the NHL who didn't score in junior at the top. Like, well, I mean, shouldn't you just shred junior? Uh, so I, big concern there. Another one that I don't have much of an opinion on is the Bills and Josh Rosen. They could potentially trade up. It sounds like they really like him. He's got Lamar Jackson ending up in Baltimore, which I think would be a perfect spot. Maybe you have him sit behind Joe Flacco for a year. And one that caught my eye who could be the most subtle of targets for the Vikings would be Tyrod Taylor, who the Bills could potentially release or trade. He's got Tyrod Taylor ending up with the Miami Dolphins. Do you have an opinion on any of those, Judd? Uh, the Dolphins, huh? That's so. Where where does um, uh, Tannehill end up then? If Taylor's going to end up with the Dolphins, now does that's he one that, there as well. Yeah, he does not have him on his list. Now that could be a possibility because Tannehill has had the knee issues that they have them battle it out and then trade the loser. Um, Tannehill, his 2016 season is actually pretty darn good in terms of his yards per attempt. Yeah, uh, we he, talked about this. Yes, he got them to the playoffs. And I kind of like Ryan Tannehill more than I think generally the NFL likes Ryan Tannehill. And if he and Tyrod were a low-key option for the Vikings, I think I would pick Tannehill, even though he's had also everyone, I guess. 
He's he's had knee injuries uh, as well. So, but I, I don't think that those are really that realistic of possibilities. But but they're yep. out there. Uh, just quickly too, uh, to to explain uh, to explain this, the Bradford knee to me. The reason why teams are, are going to be so concerned and the reason why I think the Vikings would not bring him back and why they, they would uh, certainly bring Teddy back is this. Teddy's knee injury in and of itself was way worse. But Teddy, if the doctors have told the Vikings, hey, Teddy's going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be seen as chronic, right? So it was a terrible injury. There's certainly got to be a, at least a shred of fear that it could happen again. But if the doctors are saying to you it won't, you've got to trust them. When it comes to Bradford, I think the problem is this. It's chronic now. So there is no way I don't think in good conscience the doctor can say Sam Bradford's going to be fine. My guess is what they're going to tell you is we're pushing the ball down the road a little bit at each juncture here, but there's going to come a point in time probably when the knee has to be scoped again or starts to give out or it's bone on bone. So so the difference uh, for, for those who, who are saying, well, Teddy's knee injury was worse than Bradford is very simple to me. The doctors probably can assure you that they don't think that Teddy's under any risk of having this type of injury ever again. Bradford is at a point now where he's had two ACLs, and now that knee is uh, kicked up again after the Saints game this year. And I think that there's probably a lot less certainty because at Bradford's age, you just don't know. It's a question of when is that knee going to become a problem again, and I think they're pretty certain that at some point in time it will i would also say this too because it's often brought up and concerns about the knee should be real for teddy bridgewater but i've heard people call into your show or who tweet me who say well you know that they've got two injured quarterbacks in sam bradford and teddy bridgewater and bridgewater was medically cleared in october and was their backup quarterback through practice and at least from what mike zimmer said was taking first team reps at times throughout this year all the way from October to the end of the season. So his knee at very least is held up through there. And the Vikings have had a chance to evaluate him with their own doctors and to see him in practice every single day on tape in practice in front of Mike Zimmer in practice. So they know way more than we do about his status. And if they decide that they want to bring him back, then that's a clear sign that they think, that their doctors think and that their coaches think that he is back to his old self or whatever percentage of his old self. It will just be more can he shake off the rust when he actually gets back in. That will be the biggest concern. But when I hear, oh, well, he's hurt, well, not not really. I mean, he's been active for a really long time. So it's not that different than anybody else coming back from an injury. It's just that his was more catastrophic, and I would say, too, that naturally there is a risk of that happening again, which is why you would make an argument to franchise tag Case Keenum or bring in Josh McCown or make sure that you had a clear-cut number two. So I have um, enjoyed more quarterback conversation, Judd. We're going to have movement on this soon. I promise you. I promise you all. The combine is next week. I'll be there for two days at least. Folks, it's going to get hot and heavier next week than it is this week. It's going to be great. We're going to be speculating. There's going to be full-scale speculation about the Vikings quarterback and quarterbacks around the league, and it's going to be going like crazy next week, and it's going to be fantastic. And all of you who don't enjoy this, I don't understand why you don't. This is so interesting. I agree. So I will be there in Indianapolis for a couple days when Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer talk. I'll tell you uh, 
And then we'll see, because the, one of the great things, as you mentioned, is that all the national reporters show up in that one place with all the NFL people, and uh, they enjoy some pops from time to time, and things let the come out, right? Let the tampering begin at the Marriott, right in the middle of Indianapolis, because there's more tampering that goes on next week than any other time of the year in this league. Yep, so we will probably get at least some noise to report on next week with the quarterback situation. Until then, we will have uh, some more to look at on our website, 1500 ESPN, that is not all that quarterback-related. Counting down my top 30 free agent targets for the Minnesota Vikings, so make sure you check that out. Thank you, Judd, and thank you all for listening to the Purple Podcast. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.